0: Welcome to Win with Richardson and Richardson. What's important now? Success in business most often comes down to hard work, not by silver bullets and quick fixes. It's knowing where to focus that hard work that's key to winning. Join sales prospecting expert and three-time seven-figure business founder, Carrie Richardson, and managing partner of r Consulting and former owner of Doberman Technologies, Ian Richardson, for radical honesty regarding strategic planning, accountability, and execution. That will get you the systematic results you're working toward. Let's get into today's episode. Thought leader and your host, Carrie Richardson.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Win. My name is Carrie Richardson. I am one half of the consulting partnership Richardson and Richardson, and this is Win. Today with me is Michael Servino, the CEO of Circle Square Consulting. Nice to chat with you today, Michael. Thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you. Nice to chat with you, Carrie.
1: And where are you joining us from today?
2: Lovely Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. I tell you the actual town, but nobody's ever heard of it what's the weather like cold and i'm not enjoying it i'm a warm weather person i just got back
1: from miami myself so i'm adjusting to the frosty detroit weather
2: <laughs> i'm jealous i followed it on social media
1: it was a good time i guess if you like art it's a good time if you're not an art fan then uh, i think it would have been a. Uh, A 15 miles a day of walking for very little enjoyment?
2: Yes, probably.
1: (laughs) I invited you here on Win today to talk about 2023 and some of the things that Circle Square achieved in 2023. For everybody who hasn't met Michael and isn't familiar with Circle Square, we're going to start with a brief intro of the business. Tell us how you started the business. And what's happened since?
2: Yes. We we started Circle Square because my background was helping MSPs identify operationally where their deficiencies were, help build out the sales organization. And I've worked with a, a number of MSPs to help achieve that. And after a certain period of time, I realized that, hey, why am I not doing this for myself and gaining all the benefits? So in the middle of a pandemic, I decided, hey, we're going to go ahead and launch Circle Square. And really just what we were able to do is tap into a lot of our relationships and say, hey, the same things that we were able to help you with when we talked previously or If areas that we've worked together, if there's any opportunity for us to work together, we'd love the opportunity to to reach out. And we were blessed enough to have a number of people that put their faith and trust in us and helped us grow the business. And in turn, we've helped secure theirs.
1: So you had a managed services background before you launched your MSP. Uh, Michael and I worked together closely. How many years ago? 2017, it's, maybe. Like it, it's been a while.
2: It's been a while. I don't want to date either of us.
1: No, <laughs> I'm uh, using the filters. <laughs> so you started Circle Square in 2020. It's now 2023. Tell us about the the most important thing you've learned as a business owner in the last three years. So how does owning a business differ from working in one in the exact same space?
2: So uh, we started in 2021. So I'll say at the tail end of the pandemic, I should have said. So we took on our first clients in October of 2021. And through 2022, we were able to grow and, one of the i guess the biggest thing i learned is how hard it is to actually be a business owner when you've been on the operational side you have a lot of experience and you have you feel like you have a lot of responsibility but once the employees are actually being paid by you and you have the responsibility not only to to the employees but also their families and you've you learn about them you you go to their kids events and there's a level of responsibility there that I don't take lightly. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've had to learn and and get used to as a business owner. It's just the people. It's the empathy of having the responsibility of those individuals and their livelihood.
1: So you had to make the jump from being operational and I'm sure that you did manage people while you were in those roles. The difference now is being the
2: path to financial security
1: for those employees.
2: Yeah, and you have the you have the responsibility they get paid first. And I've never had to deal with that. I've had times where I didn't get paid, or I was putting money back in so I could make sure people were getting paid. That's a much different experience that you don't really get to to understand until you've done it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I've been there myself, and uh, there weren't a lot of times that I didn't take a paycheck, but there there were times, and they were. They were scary times and I'm happy to be past them.
2: <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's and we haven't had it often. There have been those times where you do what you got to do. Hmm.
1: So tell me a little bit about the, the progress that Circle Square has made over the last few years. I know that we've talked privately on a couple of occasions and 2023 was a pretty good year for you guys. What are the things that you did right? Uh,
2: what we did right was hold to our values and really do what is best for the client. And I say it, and it really often sounds cheesy, but I truly believe that for us, we're as a managed IT vendor, we do this every day. And we don't often get held to the same standard as your attorney or your accountant. We have a very specialized set of skills and people don't often question their attorney. They don't often question their accountant, but they always feel like they have to question their IT guy. And really where we want to do things is position ourselves different. We're not the day-to-day IT guy. The execution part is easy. Solving the problem is easy. Anybody can do that. It's how you leverage the strategy. And how you actually engage with the business to understand their goals and achieve their goals by leveraging technology in the right way. And for us, all of our growth has been through referral and relationships and holding true to our values and making sure that all of our employees, everybody that we interact with actually understands that and lives and breathes it. I I believe is the key to our success and will continue to be.
1: Yeah, there's a real trend. And I was talking about this on a podcast earlier today. There's a huge push towards using AI in all businesses, but especially in businesses where people have some technical know-how. I think we're a little more comfortable going in and playing with the different solutions and services that have AI within them, are you pursuing any interesting opportunities with AI, either for your clients or for your own business right now?
2: Both. For us, one of the things that we're looking at is leveraging some of the AI and, and robotic process automation to allow our, our employees and our, our technical staff to do their jobs better while we'll still have the full visibility and control over what it's doing. We'll also have the time where we'll essentially be able to work on four or five different things at the same time while having the AI do some of the redundant tasks that we don't need to do. Creating accounts, ordering licenses for us, provisioning services. These are all the things that the technology realistically can do and has proven effective. Uh, As far as for our clients, a really simple and and quite honestly silly thing, but has actually been pretty beneficial for the client. We have one client that is in a compliant industry and we worked with them to develop policies and procedures. And they don't really understand a lot of the policies and procedures. So what we did is we uploaded it to a, a custom chat bot, all of their policies and procedures. And if they have a question about them, they can actually just chat with it. They had a new CFO in, and one of the prompts that we tested and trained it on was, I'm a brand new CFO, and please explain to me what my policies and procedures are, what should I be concerned with? And it it gave him a very detailed explanation that he's wow, this is amazing. What else can we do with this?
1: That's great. I'm happy to see that there are people that are helping people navigate AI instead of just waiting to see what kind of secrets <laughs> lay at the bottom of that pit.
2: <laughs> and as far as the secrets, one of the things that that is scary and and that we're advising a lot of our clients on is the dangers of AI and really understanding where your data is. How is it categorized? How are you labeling it? Because let's say you have one of my clients has 80 SharePoint sites. And when was the last time they've done a really good audit of what's contained within their SharePoint sites, within their team sites, files that people are uploading that may contain sensitive information that it would may be hard to access if you had to manually find it. But now if you have a, a, an AI or a large language model ingesting all of that, and you accidentally have a document that is publicly available that contains the CEO's salary, All I have to do is say, what's the CEO's salary? And it's going to go find it and tell me. Whereas I would have had to search through reams and reams of documents and pages to maybe find it. It, It's going to make accessibility to data a lot easier, which is a benefit, but it's also scary if you're not planning it the right way.
1: So that's one opportunity that is especially prevalent in your industry right now. Have clients come to you in the same way that we, uh, you had mentioned that we don't talk to our lawyers the way that we might talk to an IT provider? But I one hundred percent have tried to build a contract using ChatGPT, right? Yeah. And then I've, uh, I've prompted it to do okay. What do I? What clauses are not in this contract that I should consider? For example. And if I went to my lawyer with that, my lawyer would tell me to F off, right? That would be it. He'd be like, "I'm. what are you doing here? Even though I know my lawyer is just taking a contract that he already has and dropping and dragging some clauses around, at least I know there's human eyes on it. And if there's some horrible mistake, for example, he is going to point that out and we're going to be able to remove that. So are there people coming to you the way they would come to a doctor saying, I Googled this or... I asked chat GPT how I should set up X, Y, Z. And they said this, are you already seeing that?
2: Not as much because people are really coming to us and saying, how do I use it? How do I interact with it? How do I leverage this within my business? One of the presidents of one of our companies, and when he watches this, he's going to know exactly who he is, is, has been... Asking us very regularly, what's the status of Microsoft Copilot? When are we going to be able to get it? And how do we, how are we going to leverage this? It? So it's an ongoing discussion. And what it, part of it is educating the the end user and the client on the differences of some of the large language models and
0: mm-hmm.
2: and the risks that we're seeing out there? Where whereas you got you also have to make sure that. I don't want to necessarily upload sensitive data to a ChatGPT because I don't necessarily know where that or how that is being used and how it's going to be accessible. We've seen incidents out there where data is being inadvertently leaked. I, I heard in in a podcast the other day where a they were able to extract the CEO's private phone number because it was ingested from an email that ChatGPT got a hold of at some point. So we're advising our clients to exercise some caution and Microsoft has been very good at at leveraging some of the open AI technology uh, within their Azure suite where it is self-contained. We're still waiting to see what some of the future is gonna hold with Copilot and we're waiting to early next year where that is, is going to be available. But where we can leverage it and we feel safe, we're going to our clients and our clients are coming to us and saying, how do we use it? But once again, we're advising them to, to use some caution because this technology is only a year old uh, as of a couple of days ago. And, it, and we've seen how much it's evolved. I don't think...
1: I think it's devolving if you ask anybody on LinkedIn right now.
2: <laughs> in certain cases, it is. Whereas GPT-3 5 was you know, able to do things, GPT-4, some of the new iterations are not as good. BART is coming out and it's got some other features. The A lot of AI is marketing fluff, quite honestly. It's amazing in what it's going to do for all industries. Mm -hmm. but as you said, we still need a human eye on it because in a lot of cases, it's wrong.
1: Yeah, I've seen that myself. Fact-checking is still going to be necessary. Before you outsource your help desk to an AI-driven product, perhaps learn a little bit more about where that product was built and who trained it and why.
2: And that is actually one of the biggest questions that we've asked of these vendors. What is your language model? Where is the data coming from? Who has access to it? Um, And I don't think a lot of people really genuinely understand how this technology works to be able to ask those questions. So that's part of the education process for us is my job is to not solve every problem for the customer. It is to present options and well-thought-out options and let them make an educated decision. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's their business. It's my job to advise them the best that I possibly can or put the right people in front of them to get them the answers so that way they can make an educated decision.
1: So that was probably the biggest opportunity of 2023 as far as who was going to get there first, who was going to use it, and how are they going to use it. Looking at 2024, what opportunities do you see for Circle Square? Like, where are you going to shine next year? What can you take advantage of?
2: Uh, for us, it's heavily focusing on the security and compliance side of things. That is the area that most mid sized businesses that are in a non compliant industry, even the ones that are in compliant industries, we see it with manufacturing and the uncertainty around CMMC and what is going to be required and, and how it's, how the auditors are going to interpret things. I'm also convinced that in the next three to five years, managed service providers are going to be regulated in some form or fashion. And I think we should, it's probably going to be an unpopular opinion amongst managed mm-hmm. service providers, but I, I fully believe that we should be Regulated and held to a higher standard. Uh, I try to avoid Reddit and some of these Facebook groups, but sometimes <laughs> I get sucked in. and And the questions that are asked, and there was one this morning. I want to start an MSP on a pay what you can model. That, and I, that that is a hundred percent not a good option or a sustainable option because what it does is it devalues the value it devalues our industry because it, people don't want to pay what is required at the current point with advanced security the some of the threat protection i had i'm still arguing with certain clients about the need to implement security awareness training for their employees and some of the risks that are out there and that's the scary part is that people don't want to have some of these conversations because they're uncomfortable conversations and they're hard conversations. But ultimately, at the end of the day, we have to be better than we're currently doing as an industry in the managed services world. And I think the only way that we're going to do that is by somebody telling us that we have to be better
1: you want to have the same level of, it's the word I was looking for. You had mentioned before that nobody ever asks their lawyer or their accountant whether or not this is a necessary thing, right? Is that because there was a barrier to entry to become an accountant? There's a barrier to entry to become a lawyer. You have to go to school for, I don't know, 10 years. There is a certifying body. You have to be called to the bar. There are different laws in different states. There are very specific regimented qualifiers around being a lawyer. And if you make an error or you make a decision that is not in your client's best interest, they can strip that certification from you and you will no longer be able to practice law. That is not so for managed services providers. I could start my managed services provider today. I have zero technical abilities I'm. I'd be the one on Reddit asking what RMM should I use. I'd be asking how does an RMM work. Right. <laughs> I've been selling them yeah. for years, but if you asked me to set one up, I'd be completely lost. But I'm great at sales and marketing, so I've been selling managed services for ten years. What's to stop me from just starting a managed service provider? I can sell. I can market. I can't support anybody, but that doesn't seem to be a, a holdback in this space
2: it that's a great point, and I don't think I've ever considered it that way from the barrier to entry. but it's that's a perfect analogy, really. Most of the people, and I'm look, I'm friends with a lot of these people. I love the channel, I love the managed services industry. I think a lot of these people a lot of people are really well intentioned, but they're tech people that run a business. And I look at it as I'm a business person that happens to own a tech company. That's really how I look at it. That's the conversation that I want to have. I don't want to have a technical conversation because quite honestly, most of the people that I talk to, like you, they don't understand and they don't really care. They don't want to know. They just want to know this is what I'm trying to achieve and can you get me there? oftentimes they don't even know or care how I'm going to get them there. They just want to know that it works. Most of our clients, they don't tolerate downtime. They don't tolerate problems. And what we bring to the table for them is, look, I don't want you to have a problem. We're going to do everything within our power to use the right technology to make sure that your systems are secure, that if God forbid something gets in, and it look, it will. Just assume that the client is going to have some type of incident. But how do we contain it and make sure that it doesn't spread? That when something gets through, it only affects one person, we deal with it, we remediate the issue and get that user back to work as fast as humanly possible. That's the conversation that we want to have with a business owner rather than, oh, the Sentinel One software is amazing and it's so high on Gartner. They don't care. And quite honestly, those things are all pay to play anyway. So if you understand how it works, you don't really put a whole lot of value in them. I care about is the technology going to allow me to achieve the goals for my client and allow me to achieve what I set out and I tell them that I'm going to do. I don't have salespeople. I meet with most of the clients directly when we're presenting to them. I met with a client yesterday or a prospect yesterday and I said, look, I'm not a sales guy. What I tell you is what is going to happen. And the only person accountable to that is me. So I will make sure that if I tell you it's going to happen, this is exactly how it's going to happen. And I I believe that there's a level of value there. I know that. Look, I ran sales teams. I've been just the, the sales guy. But in this case, I am selling, but I'm really just selling what my belief is and the value of what we bring to the table.
1: I can't think of a better place to stop than that. So... Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for sharing a little bit about what you've learned on your journey over the last few years. Be exciting to see what happens in the next few years. It sounds like uh, Circle Square has a pretty exciting 2024 if uh, the good Lord's willing and the creek don't rise. So we wish you much success and thank you for joining us today on WIN.
2: Thank you. I can't wait to come back and tell you about my wins.
0: You've been listening to Win with Richardson and Richardson. What's important now? We're so glad you've joined us and know you're one step closer to winning big in your business, too. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to connect at rnr.consulting. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so you'll easily know when new episodes are available. Until next time, you can win and we're here to help.